Well, I want to start uh, this morning. We're, we're going to be in Acts uh, chapter 1, and we're going from uh, verse 12 through 26. And it's a, it's a rather interesting passage um, and what God has uh, really struck in me and my heart in this passage is the unity he has called for and how they, they walk through a process that they had to walk through with unity. So I wanted to go into that, but uh, let's pray. Father, I thank you uh, for the opportunity to look at your word, uh, to get to know you your intention for us, and Lord, to challenge ourselves to become more of what you've called us to be. I pray for your Spirit's leading. You have given us your Spirit as a means to connect directly to you and to be guided and uh, encouraged by you. I thank you for that awesome, awesome privilege of uh, being connected directly to you through a deposition of your Spirit in us. Just walk with us this morning. Uh, guide uh, the words uh, from your word and from my mouth, Lord, that it would be honoring and glorifying to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, we're going to Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. Um, the disciples have uh, watched Jesus ascend, and the angels have said, Why are you looking up there? He's going to come back. But uh, then they, they returned to Jerusalem. So I'll read this. Acts 12, or excuse me, Acts 1, verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers, the company of persons was in all about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now we have a parenthetical statement. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called, in their own language, a caldama, which is field of blood. Then Peter continues, For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us all during the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. 
And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. That's a long passage, a little bit of uh, history of the, the uh, church as it began. And remember, this is the Christians after Christ has been crucified, resurrected, and gone to heaven, but before the Spirit has come and been deposited in their hearts. So they are still working in the Old Testament venue, and that's why we have the casting of lots, and we have a couple other things in here that uh, we don't see in, in the New Testament. God has purpose, and his purpose for his body is unity. Unity, united in purpose. That's what, what God is looking for in our, in our interactions with each other. It's not uh, united in all things because like the body, my hand is over here, this hand is holding my phone, my feet are here, my rear end's sitting on there. I can't have all my pieces, my body parts sitting on this block, right? I can't have all my body parts holding this phone. Our body has to work together, but it has to do it in unity. When we play football, and I'm looking forward to a football game coming up, guys, three weeks or so, maybe. We have to talk to Lawrence, get his okay on that. But uh, we'd like to have a football game. But when you play football, your body has to work in unity, but different things, right? You kick the ball, you don't lay down the ground and head it with your head all the time. I have guys that do that for fun. But we are, we are using our other leg to hold us while we kick with the other leg. Our arms are used to keep our balance. Our head is used to see and to hear and to perceive. So all of our body parts work together in unity for one purpose. And that is what God called the, the body in the church to do. We are different. We have fingers. We have toes. We have head. We have hair. We have ears. We have eyes. We have different things in the body that function differently but each one is there for a purpose. And if we are focused on the same purpose, we will accomplish things. But even if you just look at your eyes, and if your eyes are not looking together at someone, if they get crossed like this and I'm like, I can't see, that's just my two eyes not working together, let alone the rest of my body. So we want to be looking at how we can work with different parts of a body in unison and in purpose, common purpose. Let's go back and look at our, our passage here. Acts 1.12. When they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away, that term is a, a term that describes a legal distance that the Jews had set up. Back when they were in uh, going through the wilderness with Moses, God established that the, the camp would be a certain size, and he laid out that each of the tribes had a different location. North, east, south, and west, each set of tribes, they had uh, 12 tribes, so three went this direction, three went this direction, three went this direction, and they were set at 2,000 cubits. And so it, on, on the Sabbath day, the temple was in the middle, and on the Sabbath day, they had to, the furthest they had to come was 2,000 cubits away. And so they set that up, the Jews just did this. God didn't. The Jews just said, that's a Sabbath day journey. That's the farthest you can go. And so 2,000 cubits is about 3,000 feet or 1,000 meters. And uh, it's a little over half a mile. 
And so that was the distance that, that they used to limit how far you could go on a Sabbath day. We could get into all that. It's kind of entertaining almost. It's a legalistic uh, look at things. But bottom line, I just wanted you to understand a Sabbath day journey was about a half a mile away. Uh, Acts 1.13, And when they had entered, it went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. Uh, It speaks about the upper room here, and there's a good chance that that was the room that they had the Last Supper in. But upper rooms were very common in that culture, so it could have been any upper room, and it's not really too important, other than that they were in this space together. And this is where they were coming together and uh, being united. All these, in verse 14, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. See, unity was the signature of Christ's body even before the Spirit came. Unity was the signature In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120. So they have 120 people that are getting together regularly. I don't know if it was daily. It seemed like they were were devoted to prayer. Uh, There had to be a pretty consistent amount of time there. It wasn't just uh, every other week or something or even once a week. I think they were getting together very regularly. And 120 of them, that that is quite a commitment. And uh, Peter calls, stands up, and uh, says, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. And then it speaks of the demise of of Judas and how he hung himself. And uh, the commentaries and the people, historians looking back, think that basically... Judas hung himself and his body hung there until it deteriorated and then fell off the gallows. And he did the hanging over the edge of a cliff. He jumped off a cliff with a rope around his neck. And uh, when he hung himself, he hung there long enough. They just left the body and then it fell apart and just went down. So it made a mess and nobody wanted to be around it. So they called it a field of blood and they just stayed away from it. Um, So that was kind of an interesting curse that was fulfilled from Four or five hundred years before that, God had said that this would happen. Uh, It's just another affirmation that God is in control. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that Lord Jesus went in, I'm in verse 21, in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. Um. I'm reminded that Peter, Peter's the one that's standing up saying this. He's, uh, he's gotten himself in trouble a couple times before this. And after this, he will get in trouble for being impetuous, for, for wanting to do things right away, just taking action. When Jesus showed up with the transfiguration, he didn't know what to say, but he said something anyway. This is Peter. He's impetuous. He does. He just acts, right? Uh, and so we, we have Peter jumping out of the boat, and that was a great show of faith, jumping out of the boat and walking on the water. Nobody else did that. So his impetuosity was used by God to show what faith could do. But in this case, I wonder sometimes if if God had 
other plans, and he just let man do their own thing at this point. They came up with this guy named Matthias in this passage. And yet, apostle was an appointed position by Christ, and Paul claimed the name of apostle, and there were supposed to be 12 apostles. Paul came much later, right? He came uh, after he was uh, <coughs> killing Jews, but Paul claims the, the title of apostle, and he wrote half of the New Testament. So there's, there's strong evidence that God blessed and used him as an apostle, sent one. So we have this thing where Peter's jumping up and saying, but I think it was interesting because the body was unified. And they didn't argue with him. They took what Peter said and moved forward. They could have argued. They could have said, well, I don't think so. I think it was this guy. They, they cast lots, which is an old... Uh, custom from the Old Testament. It's kind of like rolling dice. Uh, you know, you get double sixes, then, then it's Matthias. If we get double ones, it's, you know, whatever. Um, or the high, high side is Matthias, and the low side is this other guy, Bersabbas. Whatever they decided, but that, that was uh, their decision, and they, they went with it. As a body, they were unified in doing that. And so, it's just a, it, to me, it's a good illustration that we can be unified and we don't have to be argumentative about it. Um, this is a monumental decision and yet they, they don't get too wound up about it. I'm going to go past this thing and, and just really focus on being united in person, purpose. rather. Christ called for unity and when you look at the time that he prayed in John chapter 17, we just went through that here a month or so ago. Um, John chapter 17, Jesus was praying to the Father for his disciples. And the one thing, you listen, I'm going to read this passage. You listen to how many times Jesus speaks about unity in this passage because this is what he's calling us to. And so, so we should be putting this as a high priority and not allowing all these divisions that come into the church to be controlling us. John chapter 17, verses 9 through 22, 23, excuse me. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world. So he's being specific. I am praying for my followers. But for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All are mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one. He starts right off with, that's my purpose, that they may be one. That they may be one, even as we are one. You see, we are to emulate God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, a trinity that is three in one, that is united, that has a common purpose. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. So Jesus' physical presence kept them united and kept them looking in the same direction. Remember that the disciples were, were fighting amongst each other. You know, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? I'm going to be, and Jesus would say, whoa, 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 whoa. If you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you must be the servant of all. So Jesus was giving them 
a focus of unity by turning their, their eyes and focus on something other than themselves. And so God has this purpose throughout. But now I am coming to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. He keeps coming back to this theme. Guys, this is a focus, a focal point of Christ's ministry, Christ's body, Christ's vision for who we are to be, that we are to be united. And Satan wants to tear that up. The world wants to tear that up. So they will emphasize differences and work to divide us, right? They will question. They will call out and question, well, is this... We have to find out what our united purpose is, and that is service of Christ. We have to be looking at, is Christ the Lord? Is Christ God in the flesh? And if we have a common understanding that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh who came to save us and give us eternal, eternal life, that is the focus that we have to have. And that is the thing that we can unify around. And we may not worship him the same. We may not have the same kind of uh, building structure. We may not speak from the same version of the Bible, but we have a focus of being united in service to Jesus Christ, the Lord, and what he has done for us and our salvation through him. That is what we're called to, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. You see, that unity illustrates that there is something bigger than this world. That we can be unified in our differences shows the world that God is at, at work. The glory that you have given me, I've given to them, that they may be one. Even How many times has he said that now? Four or five times already. That they may be one even as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one. Do you think God wants us to be one? Do you think that that might be the point? This whole passage, he is praying to the Father and he repeatedly says, I want them to be one. I want them to be one. In them, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Paul talks about the, the reason that God gave the church different positions. God gave the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. This is in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to what? Unity. This is the point of the body. This is the point that Christ has called us together in. We would be unified into eternity. That is the practice of love. That's what we're called to. As Christians, we are called to be unified in love and service to Christ 
until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro. See, unity allows us, I just had an opportunity yesterday where two of us had different opinions and we were talking about it and we came together and we worked on it. This is on, on fasting and I was talking and trying to understand their perspective. They're trying to understand my perspective, but our united purpose was to honor God. And so we kept walking and talking and going through the scripture and trying to understand what God had to say. That is, it's difficult, but it's so rewarding. And that is what God has called us to. Rather than speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint which is, with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Be unified. Build each other up in love. Encourage. Exhort. Point towards Christ. It is God's intent that we be unified, not divided, in our differences. He created us different. It's no surprise to him that we're different. We shouldn't be surprised that we're different. We should be striving in that difference to be unified in Christ. Philippians 3.15 is Paul's perspective on dealing with differences. And I love this because he goes through in, in Philippians 3, this is the passage where he says, not that I have attained all these things or have already been made perfect, but I press on towards God towards that which Christ has called me heavenward, right? So he has this drive and this purpose to pursue God. And he's saying, come along with me. But then at the end of that, he says, let those of us who are mature think this way. Here we're talking again about maturity. As you grow in Christ, you should become more and more like this. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, I'm going to hold you up against the wall and beat on you. No, he's not going to do that. He's going to accept you and accept that you have a difference. And then he says, God will reveal that to you also. I'm going to let God decide and work in your heart. I'm going to pursue God the way I understand it, the truth of his word. I'm going to pursue that and I'm going to pursue it alongside you in unity and keep pointing you to the purpose of pursuing God. That is our call, guys, to be unified in Christ. Those of you who are in the body, take that call. Christ thought it was important enough to mention it six or seven times in his final prayer. Be united. Keep that in mind. Guys, it works really well in the, in the team here on the site. If we're united, we get things done. But if we're divisive and we say, he's not doing it well enough, he's not, uh, he's not uh, I'm doing better if we start pointing to ourselves and lifting ourselves and cutting other people down, this team will not work well. We have people who have different positions here and we just have to work with that. God has brought together a great group of guys. I think you guys are doing great work. And it's evident in what we're seeing. And, you know, I, I just love this, this set of columns and how straight we're getting that. That is testimony to how well we're working and i see when i come out here you guys working together let's tune it up let's do it well we have a common purpose to do this job well that's an awesome thing it's the same kind of vision that we want to develop for christ 
Thanks for listening. I want to wrap up and let you get on with the work. Let's, let's close in prayer. Father God, thank you for these men. Bless them, Lord. Give them your joy. Give them your energy. Give them your power, Lord, to draw them closer to you, to be united in their efforts here, but uh, most of all, their efforts in focusing and growing closer to you and pursuing you. Just bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.